Welcome, my name is Daryl Rutt, and this is Camp Ridgers, the Dakota Rustler Show. Today's theme is Give Me Money. Whether it's poor countries, green companies, or ad companies, every story has a money component. But first, Camp Ridgers seasonings are absolutely delicious. Virtually everyone who partakes in a taste sampling will buy at least one blend. They go great on a variety of foods and are salt-free, which is almost unheard of. No need to fear for your salt intake if your doctor has you restricted. If not, just add your own salt to taste. A link to Camp Ridger can be found at dakotarustler.org along with many other links that are important to this show. With that, let's go for the ride. New story number one. A dozen rainforest countries, i.e. poor countries, formed a pact last week in Brazil to demand developed countries i.e. the U.S., to pay for helping poorer nations combat climate change and preserve biodiversity. The joint statement titled United for Our Forest was issued by Bolivia, Brazil, Colombia, the Democratic Republic of Congo, Ecuador, Guyana, Indonesia, Peru, the Republic of Congo, St. Vincent and the Grenadines, Suriname, and Venezuela. The Amazon, the Congo Basin, and Southeast Asia are home to the world's largest rainforest, critical ecosystems that absorb carbon dioxide and house a wide diversity of species. Brazil's President Luiz Inácio Lula da Silva called this week's Amazon Summit in a bid to forge a united front among rainforest nations when they engage in international negotiations like the United Nations COP28 Climate Summit due to be held later this year. Quote, we are going to COP28 with the aim of telling the rich world that if they want to effectively preserve the forests that exist, they need to pay money not only to take care of the canopy, but to take care of people who live under it, unquote, Lulu said. Seriously? Here's two thoughts, and the first one is totally free. Quit chopping down your own damn trees. Number two, it's your country. Take care of your own people who live under the canopy. Why does no one have any self-dignity anymore? Beg, 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 give me money. The dozen countries called for financing mechanisms to be developed for the world to pay for the critical services provided by forests. They also express concerns that richer nations have not delivered on a promise to provide $100 billion in climate change financing annually to developing countries. And why should we? Your countries are so underdeveloped, you're a drop in the carbon bucket anyway. Additionally, they called on developing nation or developed nations to meet an existing commitment to provide 
200 billion a year instead of 100 for biodiversity preservation. Again, it's your country. Take care of your own biodiversity. The countries also condemned the use of environmental measures that they said are disguised as trade restrictions, alluding to the European Union's passage of a law prohibiting firms from importing goods linked to deforestation. Well, who gets to determine that link? And on this one, they would be correct, though. For the half millionth time on this podcast, sanctions do not work. Lula, a two-time president, has one other statement correct. He states that, just as I did, that poor countries did little to cause global warming. They were a drop in the bucket. At last year's climate summit, Brazil, Democratic Republic of Congo, and Indonesia agreed to form an alliance to pressure rich countries to pay for conservation. Republic of Congo's inclusion in this week's summit marks a gradual expansion of cooperation. So yeah, the story number one motto should be, give me money. Number two. Greenhouse emissions from Canadian oil sands production were flat in 2022, even as output grew, suggesting absolute emissions from the carbon-intensive sector could peak sooner than previously expected. It was the first time since S&P Global began tracking emissions back in 2009 that absolute oil sands emissions did not rise barring the decline during the COVID pandemic in 2020. Even so, the oil sand sector in northern Alberta will still need to make significant emissions cuts to meet Canada's climate targets. Quote, we expected absolute emissions to rise as they always do when there's no market disruption. The fact that it stalled suggests industry may be able to achieve more than they anticipated earlier than anticipated, according to Kevin Byrne, a chief analyst of Canadian oil markets. But for industry to make large-scale absolute emissions reductions, we see the need for carbon capture and storage. So if you live in the upper Midwest Plains, don't expect the pipeline and eminent domain issues to go away anytime soon with carbon capture. A number of Canada's largest oil sands producers have asked the Canadian and Alberta governments for public funding to develop costly CCS technology. So once again, the theme is give me money. For the record, Canada is the world's fourth largest crude producer of which around two-thirds come from the oil sands in the western province of Alberta. Prime Minister Justin Trudeau is targeting a 40 to 45% cut in emissions from 2005 levels by 2030, but is unlikely to get there without significant reductions from the oil and gas industry. It attributed the leveling of emissions to industry-wide greenhouse improvements such as using less steam in thermal oil sands projects and better operating efficiency. Quote, 
The potential stalling of emissions growth in 2022 is a clear signal that oil sands absolute emissions will indeed peak and begin to decline perhaps sooner than previously expected, unquote, Burns said, predicting it would happen around 2025. Number three. U.S. President Joe Biden took his economic pitch to New Mexico last week to boast how his signature legislation helped turn a previously shuttered facility into a wind tower manufacturing facility. Biden said the Arcosa plant is the latest piece of evidence that the country is on the cusp of a clean energy manufacturing boom spurred in part by millions of dollars in tax credits included in his Inflation Reduction Act. And, of course, tax credits is code for, you guessed it, give me money. Biden staged a three-state swing through the American West to invigorate his re-election bid by touting the economy and new infrastructure projects to an American public still unhappy about the direction of the country. Biden said previous administrations promised to invest in U.S. manufacturing only to see jobs and capital move abroad. Again, when the government invests, it means somebody is yelling... Give me money. Biden said, quote, I decided we are going to give Americans freebies. Well, actually, he said, invest in America. <laughs> Unquote. Yeah. Uh, Antonio Carrillo, CEO of Arcosa, said his company and the wind power industry were struggling before the infusion of new funds from Washington. After the IRA passed, he said he received its biggest order for wind towers. In other words, his company couldn't make ends meet until the overlords stole everyone else's hard-earned money and simply handed it over to him and others just like him. People need to be bribed to go to wind power. Give me money. That's how it's done. Every industry should survive on its own, not by stealing money. Recent polls show a steep learning curve on global warming in the economy, according to Biden. Hey, we understand just fine, Mr. Alzheimer's. We just don't like your economy and all the BS that goes with it. Some Americans who voted for Biden in 2020 say they believe the economy has fared poorly under his stewardship and they might not vote for him in the 2024 election. Yeah, right. They'll vote for him. Again, most Americans are idiots. About half of the responders who voted for Biden in 20 said they have heard little or nothing of his major policy initiatives to reduce inflation or boost spending on infrastructure. Uh, yeah, maybe you're too busy watching Google Shorts or TikTok crap poll instead. His policy is hand out money. That's all his policy is. With that, it's time for a short promo, but don't go away. I'll be back in 40 seconds with some more horse sense. For all things Dakota Rustler related, please visit dakotarustler.org. 
The website contains links to media sites, a merchandise store, and a button to donate to the show. Your support helps to pay for expenses of production, as well as research time. Feedback is appreciated, and comments or topic ideas can be sent to the email address listed on the website. Sponsorships are also available if you have a business to promote. Now, back to the show. Hello, and welcome back to the Dakota Rustler Show. Just need to do my usual shout-outs to Danheim and to Vinny Camilleri for the music they provide to the show, and Arabelle Kimmick, who does the voiceovers. Also, a gentle reminder, my debut book, The Independent Libertarian, which is a book with political opinions, is on sale for a mere four twenty-five. You can find that at a link on my webpage, dakotarustler.org. It can also be found on Smashwords and Barnes & Noble. It's just an ebook. I have no actual print versions yet. With that, let's proceed. Story number four. This is from The Verge. People are suing Google, saying that Google's cookies, analytics, and tools and apps continue to track internet browsing activity even after users activated incognito mode in Chrome or other similar features like Safari's private browsing while expecting a certain level of privacy. How many times have I said, if you put it online, big tech is tracking it, no matter what settings you use. Get away from big tech. Incognito is not truly incognito. Judge Yvonne Gonzalez Rogers pointed to statements in the Chrome Privacy Notice and other privacy pages about how incognito mode limits the information stored or how people can control the information they share, stating, quote, taken as a whole, a triable issue exists as to whether these writings created an enforceable promise that Google would not collect users' data while they browsed privately. Unquote. In response to the ruling, Google spokesperson Jose Castaneda provided the following statement to The Verge. Quote, we strongly dispute these claims and will defend ourselves vigorously against them. Incognito mode in Chrome gives you the choice to browse the internet without your activity being saved to your browser or device. As we clearly state, each time you open a new incognito tab, websites might be able to collect information about your browsing activity during your session." Unquote. Note that Jose did not say that Google is not gathering your data. It just won't be gathered on your computer because he knows damn well Google's gathering the data. They then sell that data because they make money on it. They sell it to ad agencies. Give me the money. We want your money. Another issue going against Google's arguments that the judge mentioned is that the plaintiffs have evidence. Google stores users' regular and private browsing data in the same logs. And 
even if individual data points gathered are anonymous, which oftentimes they can be, Google can use them to uniquely identify a user with a high probability of success. I have mentioned that on a past podcast. She also responded to a Google argument that plaintiffs didn't suffer economic injury writing that plaintiffs have shown that there is a market for their browsing data. So, Google's attitude, in other words, is, unless you can prove in a court of law that you have been financially damaged, F your privacy and F your personal data. This is why I don't do anything of a personal nature on Google. I mean, two informational websites there, and that is it. Nothing personal goes through Google. You shouldn't have to be damaged financially to have your privacy. The lawsuit was filed in 2020, seeking at least $5 billion in damages. That, my friends, is a slap on the hand to Google. Google is worth over a trillion dollars. That's the equivalent of basically taking 50 cents out of somebody who has a hundred dollars on them until the fines actually hurt Google will continue to abuse you number five also from the Virgin also about Google Google has been working with American Airlines and Bill Gates climate investment fund breakthrough energy to chart more sustainable flight routes The aim is to help pilots limit a flight impact on the climate by avoiding routes that create contrails. There's white streaks in the sky that planes sometimes leave behind. Contrails are a big problem for the planet because supposedly they trap heat, accounting for about 35% of aviation's global warming impact. So now contrails cause global warming. When does it end? It doesn't. Using satellite imagery and AI, they developed a way to forecast where contrails are most likely to form. That could give pilots a chance to avoid them and minimize aviation's environmental footprint in the process. Contrary to what conspiracy theorists like to say, the streaks behind are not chemtrails, but condensation trails, basically human-made clouds. They form when water vapor condenses around soot or other pollutant particles that a plane releases. Clouds can trap heat on the planet, but they can also have a cooling effect by reflecting some sunlight back into space. Contrails, on the other hand, generally trap more heat than they cool. To stop contrails from forming, planes can try to fly where there's less humidity. Simply adjusting the altitude at which they fly can make a big difference. Pilots just need to be able to see where the humidity is in order to avoid it. That's where Google and Breakthrough's new contrail forecast maps might come in handy. They use the data to train a computer model to detect contrails and satellite imagery based on history and present flights. And after adding more weather and flight data, the researchers eventually had a model for predicting when and where contrails might form. It's just like a big map that's saying, look, planes flying at this altitude will make a contrail. Planes flying at this altitude won't. So let's fly where they won't. 
It's very similar to changing altitudes to avoid turbulence. Early experiments found that the test flight routes cut down contrails by 54%. That's a promising sign that adjusting flight paths is one way the aviation industry can address climate change while less polluting planes and fuels are still being developed. The one negative, however, the test flights did burn through 2% more fuel by avoiding contrails. And of course, if the airlines have to spend more money, you know what's going to happen. Expect your flight costs to go up. Or in other words, give me the money. With that, I'm going to call it another podcast. Next week, I am not planning on a podcast, but it may happen. You know the motto. Question authority and always be free. Thank you for listening to the Dakota Rustler Show, a production of DL Root, Buzzsprout.com, and their affiliates. Any unauthorized use of this show is prohibited. Until next time, have a great day and don't forget to subscribe.